God, we are so thankful for you. We're here for you today. We, we've come to worship you. We've not come to lift up ourselves, but God, we, we've come to exalt you above all else. And today, Lord, we just pray that as we open your word, that you would speak to us louder than ever before, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light to our path, and that our lives would never be the same because of it. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. It is great to be with you this morning. I am so thankful to have the opportunity to just worship together, to sing out praises to God and just exalt Him above all else. And I'm really excited today. We are in uh, what's called our Summer Vibes series. We kicked off summer last weekend by having what's called Group Expo. It's where uh, we, we basically kicked off our summer semester of small groups. And so I just want to celebrate something with you. That last Sunday, 105 people found their group. Can we just celebrate that? 105 people found a group. And hey, here's what I know. That's only about 40% of what we see on a regular Sunday, which means 60% of you still need to find a group. So if you go to our website, propel.church groups, you can find the perfect group for you this summer. Groups are an easy way for you to get connected into biblical community. I believe it's not one of those things that are optional. It's one of those things that are crucial for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus is to have the right kind of people in your life. If you missed last weekend's message, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it because what you really need are people who can carry the weight of your life with you and you weren't made to do this thing alone. So find your group. It really does. Does matter. And again, if you're with us here for the first time this morning, um, we're thankful that you chose to be here. We're not going to pressure you or make you feel weird, point you out, make you raise your hand or anything like that. Church, could you help me welcome every person here for the first time? <laughs> awesome. And, and there's some of you tuning in online with us as well today. We want to say welcome and good morning to you. If you ever find yourself in the wonderful metropolis of Mount Pleasant, North Carolina, we'd love to hang out with you. Well, this morning, um, we are going to dive into God's Word, but before we do that, um, I want to go ahead and give you something uh, to do that you're going to need on the back end of this message. And so there's going to be a slide on the screen. Um, there's this app in the App Store called Serve, and I want you to go ahead and download it. So if you have a phone, you can pull it out right now. You can go ahead and download this Serve app. It's going to be important later on in the message. And if you're like, hey, you know, Pastor Rogers, don't have a cell phone. We should talk. Like most people have a cell phone. So uh, download the app today and uh, we'll get into the message. It'll be important later on. That slide will stay up there for just a second as we talk. I was reading through scripture. We're in a summer series and, and during summer vibes, we don't do a message series because one of the things that we realize is that most of you go on vacation, you travel throughout the summer. And so to put you in a message series would kind of make you feel like you, you have to be here. And truthfully, I like vacation. I think you should go on vacation. I think it's healthy. I don't think you should spend your entire life waiting for your next vacation. <laughs> I think that that's a miserable way to live. But vacation is healthy. There's no the wrong way. So during the summer, we, we keep things incredibly open. And so I was sitting down this week and I was going, all right, God, I don't really have a message. You ever, like Maybe you've never preached before, but I'm just telling you, it's one of those really, I was going to be like, you ever been there? But you may not have. And that's okay. 
But I'm sitting there in my office, and I'm like, God, I'm a little uncomfortable. Like, I, you know, it's like, you know, Wednesday, and I need. So I'm reading through Scripture, and I'm just kind of growing in my relationship with God outside of message prep. And I read this passage of Scripture in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 12. And I'm reading this story, and I feel the Lord speak to me. And so I want to read it to you today. It says this in John, chapter 12. Beginning in verse 12, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and they went down to the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. This is typically the passage of Scripture that we read together the Sunday before Easter. It's called Palm Sunday because the people brought palm branches and they're they're honoring Jesus. They've been waiting for a Messiah. They've been looking for a king. The prophecy stated that he was going to come riding on a colt. So when Jesus comes in riding on this donkey, it's one of those moments where the people are beginning to realize that they don't have to wait any longer for the promises of God to be fulfilled in their life. But the Savior of the world has come. And I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what you have going on. Maybe you've been waiting to fix your life or get things together or be just in a better place in life. And then maybe, just maybe, God will come into you. That's not how it works at all. We're not waiting for the Savior of the world anymore because Jesus has come. Can I get a good amen? So as we look at this passage of Scripture and we're reading through it, Jesus is riding through this town on a donkey. And I love this next verse. It says, His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was the fulfillment of prophecy. You ever like watch somebody do something and go, I don't know, what are they doing? Jesus, why in the world? You, the same guy, you walked on water and now you're going to ride donkeys? I don't get it. They didn't realize it was the fulfillment of the prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and they realized these things that had been written about him. They went, oh, that's what he was doing. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus called Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. So I was reading through this passage of Scripture, and I get done, and I feel the Lord just press it into my heart to read it again. And I think sometimes that's really healthy for you and I, to not just skim through a passage of Scripture, but to go back and reread it, to kind of dig into it. But what I felt the Lord say next was a little <sighs> disturbing. I felt like the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you are the donkey. <laughs> And so this morning, I can give you the title of my message. It's called, I Am the Donkey. Turn to somebody and say, I Am the Donkey. You got to be a little more confident if you're going to say a statement like that. Turn, turn, turn back to them and say, I Am the Donkey. So I'm reading this passage of Scripture, and, and, and the Lord begins to take me on a, a journey of just figuring out what this actually looks like in my life. I believe I'm not only the donkey in this, but you are the donkey in this story as well. Here's the first reason, um, because the donkey isn't the main character of the story. So from the very beginning of this story, there's like four different groups of people or things that are introduced to us. You have the crowd, you have Jesus, you have the disciples, and you have this donkey. If at any point any of these other people become the main focus of the story other than Jesus, the story completely changes. 
If the disciples are the main focus of the story, it's no longer the triumphant entry of a Savior because the disciples are the main focus. If the people in the crowd are the main focus of the story, then Jesus really isn't the king of all. Because when you're a king, you are the main character of the story. As we look at this story, the donkey isn't the main character. And I believe that you and I are not the main character of our own life. Now, your life might not reflect that. Maybe that's a good assessment question for you this morning. Does your life reflect that Jesus is the main character? Or when you walk through town, are people singing your praises above his? Because what happens oftentimes in your life and my life is we get so caught up in feeling like we are the main character of our story. So I know it's not you, but you ever met somebody that was like really self-centered? Don't look at them. Right, like, not the time to elbow your spouse. So, you've met somebody who's self-centered. There's a sin that we see in Scripture. It's called idolatry. And idolatry is where you and I put anything in our life above God. Here's what you and I need to understand. We can put ourselves above God a lot of times. It's this idea of self-idolatry, this extravagant admiration or devotion to oneself. And I think this is where most of us live. So our decision making is really reflected on us being the main character of the story. So so here's how it fleshes out. If you're stuck in the realm of self-idolatry where you are the main character of the story, your feelings are more important than your faithfulness. So what tends to happen is how you feel determines every decision you make. Because your end game is to make sure that you feel good about everything. That's not how faith works. There are going to be things that God calls you to in life, things that God prompts you to do, and you're not going to feel like doing it, but choices lead, feelings follow. And what you and I have to understand, what God is calling us to do is not to be the main character of the story, but to allow him to be the main character, to allow him to be the center focus. My life is no longer about me. My life is to be lived in service for the one who died in my place and gave everything for me. That's what a follower of Jesus looks like. You are the donkey. If you're here today and you've said yes to Jesus, you're no longer the main character of your story. God is working in you and through you. And it would be easy for me to tell you that this morning, but it's exactly what Jesus models for us. Did you know that even in Jesus' life, God was the main character of his story? Here's where we can see that. You go to the garden. Jesus is is a a couple days away from death. He's pleading for you and I. Scripture says that he's, he's got so much anguish that he's sweating to the point where he's bleeding. That's a, that's a hard sweat. And as Jesus is praying, as Jesus is groaning on your behalf and mine, do you know what he says to God? Hey man, if there's any way that I don't have to do this, I don't. I'm just going to be honest, I don't want to do it. And if it would have stopped right there, Jesus would have been the main character of his story. But what he said next was, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Do you want to know when God is the main character of your story? It's when that's your prayer. That it's not my will, but yours. The donkey wasn't the main character of the story. I don't think you and I are 
either John 3, verse 30 through 31 says, He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. I think what John is telling you and I is that this is not a one-time decision that you and I make. Say, okay, God is the, he's the author. He's the perfecter of my story. Now we're, we're done. It's easy. So it's a daily decision where I choose that he becomes greater in my life and I become less. And every time I choose to be selfless, I kill selfishness in my own heart. And so I'll become less and less if it means that he becomes greater and greater. It says that he has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are on the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. John is saying he's greater. Jesus is greater. And then the second point that I have for you is this. Number two, the reason why you and I are the donkey is because the donkey carried greatness. The donkey carried greatness. Have you ever met somebody who like lacked self-awareness? I'll give you an example. Um, if you've ever watched American Idol, you'll know that there are people who get on, on stage and, and they sing in front of these judges and they sound horrible. Right, like you've watched it. You've, you've sat there and cringed at the TV like, how, who lied to them, right? And it's, it's what I call, you got American Idol friends, which, which are the people who tell you you're really good at everything when you're not. You don't need American Idol friends. You need friends who are willing to tell you the truth. But self-awareness is being aware of your, your own giftings, your own surroundings, your own ability, your own capacity, and when we look at this passage of Scripture, I, I just wonder if the donkey realized or understood what he actually carried. Because riding on his back is the Savior of the world. He's the one who's going to die in our place, to die for the sins of all humanity. Jesus is riding on the back of this donkey. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, For I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What Paul says is, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Paul understood what he carried. I think today your life and my life could change dramatically if we understood that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now resides in us. That the power and the capacity of God is literally indwelling in his people today. There are some people who believe that the, the spirit, that the, that, that the miracles that we see in the book of Acts are over and they're finished. We serve a God who says he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I believe it's not that God doesn't desire to move or God doesn't desire to do miracles. It's that people don't understand what they actually carry. Because if you and I understood the power of God that rests within us, it would change the way we live our lives. We would pray bolder prayers. We would take larger steps of faith because we would see God do more than we ever thought was possible. So there's some people who are self-aware. The opposite of, of self-awareness is self-denial, which are people who are extremely naive or typically overly 
who typically grossly underestimate their gifts or talents. So I think as a follower of Jesus, if you choose to use your gifts in a way that doesn't glorify and honor God, you don't understand what you carry. Because everything that was given to us was given to us for the purpose of glorifying and honoring him, to lift up his name above all else. God's chief end result is that his glory would be made known to the entire world. And the way that he does that is through you and through me. And understanding that God has given us incredible gifts is super important to understanding what we currently possess. You carry greatness. Sometimes we think that, that uh, let me rephrase, I hear people say this statement all the time, like, I just need more of God. I need more of God. I've got to get more of God, which I love because I think for the rest of our lives, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Our pursuit should be after God. But when God saved you and redeemed you, he didn't give you 10% of the Holy Spirit. He gave you 100%. What you and I spend the rest of our lives doing is simply uncovering the things or removing the obstacles that stand in our way of the full knowledge of him. You have all of God you need. That's a word for somebody today because the enemy's been, been telling you that you're inadequate. He's been speaking lies over you, telling you that you're not good enough and you can't do it because you don't have enough of God. No, no, no. 100% of God already rests inside of you. But Paul says, I throw off every weight and sin that so easily entangles me so that I might pursue and run my race with endurance. 1 John 4.4 4 says, but you belong to God. If, you, if you're here today and you felt like, man, I don't have a family, there's nowhere I belong. If you have said yes to Jesus, you need to know that you belong to to God. He says, my dear children, you have already won a victory. Turn to somebody and say, already won. It's a predetermined outcome in the kingdom of God that you have won. It's not a possibility that you might win. It's a predetermined thing that has already taken place. There's confidence in this statement of 1 John 4, 4. You've already won a victory over those people. Why? Because the same Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in this world. You've already won. He's, he's saying, hey, in, in, in your life and in my life, you need to understand there is a real Spirit of God, but there's also a Spirit that rules over this world. The enemy is real. He's crafty, he's sneaky, he's divisive, and would no, love nothing more than to make you feel defeated when you've already got the victory. <clears throat> and today, what God wants you and I to understand is just a little bit more of what we carry. Because if you understood what you carried, it would change everything. How would your life change if you embraced what you carry? Because I believe when you understand that you carry the same Spirit of God, it changes the places you go, the things you do, and the people you hang around. Because you realize that what you carry is better than anything that the world has to offer. He that is in you is greater 
than anything in this world. And the third thing is this, that the donkey brought Jesus to others. The donkey brought Jesus to others. Um, I believe that Christians who never leave the four walls of a church aren't actually Christ followers. They're glorified bandwagoners. Yeah, let that sit in for a second. Christians who never leave the four walls of a church aren't actually Christ followers, but are bandwagoners. I'll give you a a modern-day example. So um, if you love the NFL, maybe you're like, I don't know, a Patriots fan. We pray for you, but just say, for the sake of the story, you're a Patriots fan. You show up to a house party. Your friends are having the game on TV, but the teams that are playing are the Panthers and the Falcons. And so during that game, you have a decision to make. You have to choose who, who you're going to root for. Well, you're not going to root for the Patriots because, well, they're not there. You're going to choose one of those teams. And so what you do is you choose or pretend to be a hardcore Panthers fan for the next three and a half hours. I know for some of you that makes you sick, but I'm just telling you, you're just doing it. You wouldn't go out the next day and all of a sudden promote your love and adoration for the Panthers. Why? Because truthfully, you're... A Patriots fan, I think the same is true for people who just come to church on Sunday and never profess Christ publicly. Because the only reason why you confess Christ in the context of a local church is because the environment felt comfortable. God doesn't grow you in your comfort. The whole purpose of you and I receiving this great gift of God is not to hoard it selfishly, but to give it away to other people. And the donkey realized that his main purpose was literally to carry Jesus so that the people might see him. You are the donkey. You are the very vessel in which God will carry his spirit to the entire world. You say, that's a lot of pressure. I know. But here's the good news. You can read all throughout Scripture and see that God, from the very beginning, has been in the habit of using broken and messed up people. And if he did it back then, he can do it again today. So if you feel like you're broken, if you feel like you have issues, if you feel like, man, I don't know if I'm even worthy of carrying this thing, you need to know that God chose you. That he handpicked you to carry his goodness, his grace, and this gospel message to the entire world, the donkey's main purpose was to carry Jesus to the people that they might see him. So as a church, we feel like it's our responsibility. Scripture says that no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. No, they, they place this lamp on a stand so that all might see. I love what we do on Sundays. I think it's incredible that you and I have the opportunity to worship together, to lift up praises to God, to sing to Him, to cry out, to grow in our walk with Him, to open up passages of Scripture. But if we don't leave here and do something, nothing matters. So here's what we do. A couple times a year, we do what's called Serve Day. And there are different projects all throughout, but Serve Day is coming up on July the 13th, and and here's why it's important. Because this is one of the avenues where you and I break outside the four walls of the church and give back to the community, no strings attached. So here's what I want you to do. You remember that app I had you download earlier? On July the 13th, we're going to participate in Serve Day as a church. Let me find the app. 
And what you'll do is you'll download the app and you'll find Propel Church just by searching in the bar there. And as you click on Serve Day 2019, you'll see that there are like six projects, five, six projects for you to pick from. And as you look through the different projects, you have the opportunity that day to give back to the community, to be the donkey, to take Jesus to the people so that they might know him. And so as you're looking at these projects, here's what I would encourage you to do. We're like two weeks out from it right now. This is the perfect opportunity for you to sign up because you've got two weeks to shift your schedule. I would encourage you to do just that. And you're like, how are you going to tell me to shift my schedule? I believe it's really important for you to serve outside the four walls of the church and connect with other people in the community. And so you'll see that there's things like a dollar car wash. And you say, well, I thought this was given back. Yeah, so we're going to promote a dollar car wash, but when people pull up to get their car wash, we're going to give them a dollar rather than them us paying, them paying us a dollar. We're going to serve them. There's going to be free hot dogs. Uh, it says the fire department, but last year one of the things that we did was we delivered hot dogs to over 15 fire departments in the area. It was an incredible time. Park sickles. It's people who are just showing up at parks and giving away free things. There's, there's games with the seniors at the Mount Pleasant House, the nursing home there. And parents, there's even a kids serve day opportunity. Because here's what I want you to know. Serving the community is not something you just start doing when you get older. Parents, one of the best things you can do is teach your kids from a young age that it's a priority to serve the community. And we're going to see, here's, here's why we went ahead and told you to sign up for two weeks. Because I have this belief that we need more projects. And we're working as a team on what those projects would be. But we're going to fill up these first and create more opportunities for you to serve. So as you're looking at the app, I would just, all you have to do is click on the project. And then it, it gives you the ability, once you uh, create an account, to just add me to that project. So I've just added myself to the $1 car wash, because I love the car wash. I love, we do it every year, and it's, it's fun. I love it. I love it. So get involved in a serve day project. It's something that's coming up, and, and I know you may be thinking, well, I don't even know if I come, I don't even know if Propel Church is my home church. That's fine. This doesn't have to be your home to serve the community. What we're going to do on that day is we're all going to gather together. Here's another thing that I'm pumped for about Serve Day that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. Um, you'll be getting more information next week about it. And next week, you're going to have the opportunity when you leave the auditorium to go ahead and get your Serve Day t-shirt. So we all wear the same t-shirt that day. It's really cool to just watch what God does throughout the community uh, as it's flooded with a sea of red shirts. And, and it's really it's an awesome day to be a part of. But we're doing a... Um, serve day huddle that morning. And for the first time, we're going to have the opportunity to worship together and open up a portion of scripture in our new, what will be our auditorium in the future home of Propel at the old middle school here in Mount Pleasant. So we've been renovating it. We've been in the process of it. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's not ready for us to move in. So don't get super excited. But for the first time, we're going to gather together on that property and just open up with a quick thing of worship, a quick word, and really accept what God is going to do in us and through us on that day. And just come together. It's going to be an incredible opportunity. So July the 13th is when that's taking place. And I believe that God has an incredibly um, big plan for that. I think Serve Day is so important for you and I. Um, and mostly, I think it's important for a lot of reasons. But 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this. That God 
was reconciling himself to the world in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So here's what God does. God says there are broken, there are lost people, there are hurting people, but he's given us a message. He's commissioned us with this message of reconciliation, that he's not counting people's sins against them. He died for their sins. He died in their place so that if anyone believes in him, they wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. You and I need to understand today that we are ambassadors for Christ. The word ambassador means that you are the representative of a foreign land. And when we look at the kingdom of God, we have to understand that, that this place, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, it's no longer your home. It's no longer the place where you call home because one day you're going to stand before God. And you're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's my goal. And as you hear that, you'll enter into the gates of heaven. What he says is, you don't have to wait for heaven. No, while you're still here, Know that you're my ambassadors. That God has given you and I a message that, that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, there's a God in heaven who loves you and whose grace is sufficient to cover your sin. I believe that a lost and broken world doesn't need a church to preach to them to say, come to us, but rather needs to see people who are willing to be the donkey, who are willing to take Christ to them, to meet them in the middle of their mess, in the middle of their brokenness. Maybe in the middle of their selfishness. And say, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Who is willing to do whatever it took so that you could have a relationship with him. And the same God that died for me, died for you. He died for all of us. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You just simply have to say yes to Jesus. And I think that when we carry Jesus to others, the last part of John chapter 12 says they went around telling everyone what he had done. What naturally happens when you and I encounter the presence of God is it changes us and we tell others about it. That's my goal for you today. is to not leave here the same way you came in, but to realize if you're a follower of Jesus here today, that you're not the main character of your story, that you carry greatness, and that your role is to carry Jesus to others, that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. And Lord, today, we're just coming to you in, in a place of full surrender. Lord, I pray that you would position us in a place where we would embrace the calling and the identity that you've given us. To realize we're not the main character of our story, 
that you are the, the author. And God, when the pen is in your hand, you could do infinitely more than we ever thought was possible. Lord, I pray we'd understand that we carry your greatness in us. That the things that we do in life are not by our power or our might, but it's by your spirit. And that through you, all things are possible. And Lord, I pray we'd carry Jesus to others. That people would know who you are because of your light that shines in us. And today I believe that there are some people in here who maybe you've never said yes to Jesus before. Or maybe you've been walking away or running away from God and you were waiting. You were waiting to fix yourself. You were waiting to become perfect. You were waiting to kind of have everything together. And then once you figured it all out, you would come back to God. I want you to know that God isn't scared of your sin. He's not scared of your faults or your flaws. In fact, he died for them. Romans 5, 8, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so today, maybe you're here and you need to make some sort of decision to surrender it all to Jesus. Whether it's the first time or, or you're, you're saying, God, I just need to, I need to make this declaration in my life to say, you know what, from this day forward, I'll live my life to glorify and honor you. If that's you in here, would you just boldly lift your hand for a moment? Say, hey, that's me. I see those. I see those. Well, here's what we're going to do, church. No one prays alone. We're going to pray together. Will you say this with me? Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I place my hope and trust in you. Thank you for dying in my place so that I could have new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, will you stand to your feet and help me thank and welcome those into the kingdom of God? Amen. Amen. We're going to continue in worship for a moment and sing a song called Calvary's Shadow. And one of the things that I love about this song so much is, is it just gives you and I a beautiful depiction of what God has done. And I think when we understand what God has done, we're able to operate in a level of freedom and grace that we never have before. Let's sing this out.